0: Battleline Podcast Episode 82. I am Ian Scotto.
1: I am Tonto. <laughs> the, the, the Tonto is it the Tonto or just Tonto? I'm I'm That's, just, that's, that's I'm up a, to you. <laughs> love, I'm, I'm Tonto. What's going on, everybody? Um.
0: So yeah, I'm, uh, for the new listeners out there, as I always like to give a little introduction to what we do. Uh. You know, the podcast has been going really well. If you look on Apple Podcasts, we have over 200 five star reviews, or close to 200 five star reviews at this point, and I, I really feel, I, I, hey, I'm biased, but I think this is one of the best podcasts out there, and it's not necessarily because of us; it's because we interview some of the most inspiring yeah. and and yeah. really heroic people, like Ron Mueller, who we're going to get to on this episode.
1: Yeah, you know, we we I, I think, and even though people they want to listen to all the polit- pl- politics, and uh, I I think they sublimely want to be angry a lot oh yeah this this show isn't it's not we we, we want it and we plan it that way we net we didn't have a fantastic sense of direction but one thing we did at the beginning and we both talked about is there's enough pollock political bullshit out there we don't need to be talking about that we need to be talking about stories that are inspirational not to just you guys, but to us as well, because, uh, you know, we, we also go through dark times and any inspirational story out there helps motivate us. So that's what this show is. And it's about faith. Uh, even if you're an agnostic or an atheist, is still faith out there and something. But it, it shows motivation uh, and what other people have done in their lives to overcome adversity. And that's the route that we're going to continue to head on. Absolutely. And, you know, we still cover news in the special operations
0: world. We cover news if it's pertinent to what we do, which we will do in a minute. Uh, But before we get to that, we've been talking so much about Ned, and, you know, I I hear from them, and a lot of our listeners have become subscribers. They are regular subscribers to Ned because it has helped them with so many different things. Uh, You know, I'm going to give you a little anecdote for myself uh, just this past week. I did get my first. shot of the Pfizer vaccine you know they give you all the details of what side effects you might have headaches or any of that I uh like most people didn't have much of a side effect but did have some soreness um on Wednesday night when I got it and I figured rather than take a painkiller or anything like that I have a great tool in my arsenal as I I always say which is Ned and the the thing is not only will it help alleviate that pain you'll also get a great night's sleep. You get that, uh, what a lot of people refer to as that REM sleep, but what I've learned from the great uh, supplement guy, Victor Conti, is that it's actually not REM sleep, it's that delta sleep, is that really deep sleep that you're in. And when I take Ned, I do have dreams and I do wake up refreshed uh, as long as you give yourself enough time before bed to take it and get in that relaxed state. I personally would say if you take it before bed, if it's one of those things we were tossing and turning at 3 a.m., You know what, probably not the best. But if you could take it and give yourself enough time to get a good night's sleep, you're going to get a great night's sleep and wake up refreshed. And it definitely helps with any of that anxiety, any of that sleeplessness, and a whole lot of other issues that people have. So, all I could say, I mean, beyond what we usually say, if you haven't already tried it, just take that step, go on the site and try their full spectrum have along with all their other products, because Mm -hmm. you are going to become a believer. I mean, I, I feel so blessed that I really mean it. My, my two favorite supplement companies are sponsors of this show. And it's because there's so many supplement companies out there um, where everything is like, you know, this supplement tastes like Skittles, and, and <laughs> I, I don't. I don't really want that. If I want candy, I'll go have candy. I, I want the good
2: stuff, you know. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. and the, you know, the, both these companies that we work, the, the, I think what we look for, not just the product itself, especially the ones that are, are where we have our primary, and I call them primary sponsors, ones that that sponsor the show at least monthly, um, if not weekly. Uh, the, it's those companies that have great integrity and great values within their organization. And you can tell by their products, but also when we talk to them via email or via cell phone, that that integrity is part of their operate, part of their ethos in their company, and it reflects on their products. So, uh, you know, I, I, Ned is is awesome. I still every day the the immunity blend. I, I it makes me feel good. I and I the CBD oil, the the full spectrum, you know. I am at a point now where it's into my system and I can feel it working where I don't need to take it every day because I finally have leveled out. And that's where you wanted to be. I, I always wanted to be at a point with CBD oil that or any natural drug, I, and I don't want to call it a drug. Uh, that's I think that's a negative term, but any natural therapy that eventually I don't need it every day because it's working and I only need it at certain times. And that's how I've been with now that I've taken the CBD oil for dang a year close to hasn't been that long that we've they've been yeah, a little us. over a year yeah. yeah that that now i'm at a point where yeah i i don't need it all the time but when i do need it a couple drops under my tongue and i'm i'm back to just back to hey being Tonto, the Tonto that was always there when i was deploying the just long line just hey i'm i'm relaxed and having a great day Uh, And then the body butter as well. Being a guy that works out a lot and being older now in my 50s, I'm in the AARP category now. I definitely need something that helps out with muscle soreness. And the body butter is by far the best thing out there. And I don't smell like icy hot all day. (laughs) So, guys, try, get with Ned, try them. Their products are top notch and they have a fantastic customer service. Uh, base over there and the organization is based in integrity and values and 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 and, uh, and honor I, I and that's something as a veteran I look for so tremendous yeah. company
0: so if you've been in the market for CBD you've been on the fence I mean this is your calling this is the best stuff out there it is the purest stuff out there go to hellonet.com slash battleline Or enter the code BATTLELINE at checkout for 15% off your first one-time order or 20% off your first subscription order plus free shipping, which a lot of our listeners have now been doing. So that's H-E-L-L-O-N-E-D.com slash BATTLELINE to get 15% off your first one-time order or 20% off your first subscription order plus free shipping. Thank you, Ned. Let's hit it.
2: You are now tuned into the Battle Line Podcast.
0: which is on Battleline Podcast. Very excited to have Ron Mueller on this episode, who has a insane resume, uh, you know, just looking through all that he's done. The type of resume where if I didn't already know guys in the community who know Ron, (laughs) I would say, is this a little embellished? Uh, But it's not. Ron is the real deal. Um, Before we get to that, though, there was a major podcast that's been all over Twitter, and they actually were interested in coming on here. Um, they emailed me, uh, you know, as you know, we have a lot lined up, but I did tell them I wanted to talk about that that and give them proper credit. So basically, this was on the Line Podcast with Dan Taberski, which is an Apple sponsored podcast that you could check out. And for the first time, for those who have followed the case of Chief Eddie Gallagher, and he is Chief Eddie Gallagher, he got that rank reinstated by President Trump. um, He admitted to the killing of an ISIS member that he was on trial for after the fact, um, which was during the trial. There was a Navy SEAL medic by the name of Corey Scott who said, No, Eddie didn't kill him. I did, but Eddie stabbed him twice. Uh, Eddie says, I did not stab him twice. But what he says during the podcast, you know, I could play the clip right now.
1: Here's my take. You're not asking for it, but I'll give it to you anyway. Um, (laughs) After reading the trial and listening to the trial and and seeing the evidence, um, I would have said not guilty to. But I still have a hard time believing the other narrative that they made it all up. Just straight up lied. And so, 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 so,
3: every once in a while, I'm trying to find the. I, I understand the loophole.
1: Where, where's the grain of truth that, that could have become something larger that felt like a lie? And then
0: Eddie Gallagher admits what he never admitted the last time we spoke, what he never admitted during the trial, and what he has never admitted publicly to, as far as I know, anyone. The grain of truth in the whole thing is that that ISIS fighter was killed by us and that nobody at that time had a problem with it. We killed that guy. Our intention was to kill him. Everybody was on board. Not one person. Your intention was, like, was to kill him. It was to do medical scenarios on him until he died. But as so as as you hear as Eddie puts it, he performed, you know, in his words, medical scenarios until he died. Um, which is, uh, pretty sadistic kind of when you hear about it, because this is not just, you know, the, the way that, that Gallagher and his wife have said, Oh, we don't cry over dead terrorists. This was not the shooting of a terrorist. This was kind of the torture of a terrorist until
1: he died. And I don't want to jump to conclusions of what he means by that. Now I've, I've gone through medical labs where, and and they don't do, I don't think they do it anymore, but we used to, where we used to have something called goat lab. And it was something where we would get a goat and we would practice keeping it alive. And and really that is the best way to, to practice, uh, live tissue training where, you know, with real bleeds and, and where you're going to deal with, with sliced limbs and open guts. And, and again, I, but you know, I, for the goat, it wasn't a pleasant experience. Granted, they were all sedated most of t- normally and, but for him, when he said that, or when I, I, that's where I reflected back to, I'm like, Holy crap. What is, is this a goat lab for a terrorist? So like like, and, and I, Hey, I got no love for terrorists either. Believe me, I don't, but there's a point where as Americans, we have to hold ourselves to a higher standard. We don't go and burn our, our prisoners on TV, put them in an orange jumpsuit, cut their heads off. We don't do medical, medical trials on them until they die. That's just not what we do. That's not what, as, as having values within the military that's not what we sign up for, and that's not whatever what I want it to be either. I mean, if, if we're in a firefight and I need to shoot a terrorist and I need to kill him, I'm going to kill him, but I'm not going to sit there and drag it out just because I'm, I'm pissed off, and it's hard to not be pissed off. I'm not going to tell you. It's, it's very hard, but that is why we are Americans. That's why we serve under the United States flag. That's why we do have a lot of respect and honor, and we have the values within the military because we hold ourselves to a higher standard. We're expected to. And especially when you get in the special operations community and and I, 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 that even to a higher standard than what the regular military is. So um, when he said that, it, it's disappointing. Um, it really is disappointing. It's angering. I, I think I'm, I'm playing it down a little bit, but it makes the rest of us look bad, like we're all sadistic fucks, I'll put it simply. And we're not. Um, I, I've had... S- <laughs> I've had several stories where I've had a chance to hurt a terrorist. I actually wrote about one in the Ranger Way where we had a Taliban prisoner and we were searching him. And this was right after Coast happened. I don't know if you know what happened to Coast. It was depicted in in the the movie where they got bin Laden. What was the the movie with Jessica Chastain? Are you uh, you,
0: uh, Zero Dark Thirty?
1: Zero Dark Thirty. Okay. That incident in Coast was actually GRS. That was Blackwater GRS guys, Jeremy Southside where the, we had a terrorist, right? It's right at the beginning of the movie where the terrorist came in and we allowed him all the way onto the compound. Not really, I wasn't there. I was actually in Kabul at the time, but the terrorist or the asset, the chief of base for the CIA allowed him all the way on the compound and he detonated a vest and killed four GRS guys. One GRS was also wounded, Doc Wyatt. And he killed the chief of base that was there, which made the hugely bad call. Didn't listen to GRS. He was telling her, don't do this. Well, anyway, Go to Kandahar. I was down in Kandahar later after that event, and we had made adjustments. We had moved a building approximately 600 meters from the compound. So if we ever brought an asset in, we would search him out there. So of course we would still die, but the but the base would be okay. Well, went there with the Taliban. He was there. He was being an asshole. I had another mentor of mine who passed away. His name was uh, was Joseph Fixer X, and we had every reason to kick the living shit out of him because of how he was acting and how he was, and he was Taliban. And I remember just looking at him, looking in his eyes. And I remember I I told X, X dude, I know you want to beat the living shit out of him. Let's not get to that point yet. And, and I remember I grabbed my Bible. I had a little pocket Bible out of my pocket and I showed it to him. I said, he wouldn't let us search him because we couldn't touch the Quran. We weren't worthy enough to touch his Quran, which was supposed to be up here. We didn't know if that was a Quran or not or anything else on him. And I said, Hey, we are believing the same God. I said, translate this. I had an interpreter. I said, tell him we believe in the same God. And he's welcome to touch my Bible. And when he saw, I saw his eyes just go like this. And I said, Is are, is he going to allow us to search him now? If not, we're going to have to get physical with him. And he allowed us to search him. So that's what I'm saying. There are points where you can let your emotions for what happened. And believe me, we wanted to kill Taliban because we had just lost four GRS guys. Four GRS guys just blew up just recently, just right before that. And you still have to, because we are special operations, because we are supposed to be tip of the spear, because we are Americans, because we are supposed to hold ourselves to a higher standard, you have still have to control your emotions and not let them get the best of you. And then, of course, not brag about it, which is what it's, you know, I wasn't there, but the tone I got, I don't know what tone you got, was more of like a a braggart. And yeah, I mean, me off and we more. also
0: know that he, you know, the one thing he was found guilty of, uh, of all the charges, was the posing with the picture. And, you know, the posing with the picture is a, uh, that's what that is. Um, you know, the, the podcast was very balanced, I'll say, in that it does go into who Eddie Gallagher was as a whole. And, you know, it, it reveals that Eddie Gallagher was diagnosed with 18 TBIs. He did have eight, 18 um, traumatic brain injuries, and this could factor into things. It's good. um but from my perspective, you can't you can't use that as an excuse. Just the same way that uh, I think yeah. sometimes people who are sympathetic to the military will use that as an excuse, just as people on the left you hear all the time. Yeah, yeah. someone commits some heinous act, and they go, "Oh, well, he didn't have all these chances in life. He was yeah. raised yeah. by a single parent." Well it do, it doesn't matter um you know the, which is why it's the same way uh, i'll say personally from my perspective i'm not in favor of all this hate crimes legislation because i don't think it really matters why you committed an act of violence against someone who was innocent if you exactly. did it, it it's illegal to assault someone regardless of the reason and you know in new york city they've been talking all about this is unrelated but i'm just giving you an example they've been talking about this rise in Uh, hate crimes against Asian people, including things on the subway. Well, we know a guy who was assaulted on the subway. And, it, you know, as far as we know, it had nothing to do with race. Our friend Dave Park was assaulted in that same way on the subway. And the way Dave said it, this guy just wanted to murk someone. It's
1: target of opportunity, yeah.
0: Yeah, and um, that wasn't covered by the media. That wasn't covered by the news because it it wasn't going to incite anybody. It was a white guy, you know, veteran getting assaulted for, we don't know what, and the punishment for that guy should be the same yeah. as someone who assaults someone for race. I don't, I don't think there should be a difference. Just like I don't think you could hold, uh, you could say, well, this guy yeah. should be let off because he had 18 TBIs. Uh, I understand that. I'm sympathetic to that, but it doesn't change the fact that you did something that was unlawful. And then not only you could have just left it at that, you know, he was found innocent of all the other charges. He was reinstated his rank by President Trump. He could have walked off into the sunset, as you often say, and just yeah. gotten back to life as usual. But now he's going on a podcast and saying, well, actually we did kill that guy and none of us had a problem.
1: And that's, and we talked about that on the other show. It's like, Hey dude, you won. You, you won. You really won. Now just the best thing you can do now is go live your life and just disappear. Just, just fade away into the sunset and enjoy your life with your wife and your family. And here we are again. Look what I did. Look what I did. Look what I did. Look how, 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 I don't know if that's if it's a badass thing or not. Um, but it's not. It's not at all. It's 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 reprehensible. Um, it's it's and it makes us all within the community look like we're evil warmongers, hell bent on killing everything out there, no matter if you're if it's a terrorist or not, we're just and we're imbalanced. And I'm telling you, that's not the case. We I have witnessed and even myself have held back more times where we could have used physical or lethal force against an enemy where we held back because it wasn't the right thing to do at the time. Um, and I gave you one example already where we didn't, where we were more than justified to beat the living shit out of this Taliban guy. And we didn't, we handled it the right way. But so I, I get the emotions I do because I felt those emotions The Oh, you sons of bitches, you just killed four of our guys and you're going to tell me that now I can't do anything to you. And you have to, okay, what are we? Well, I'm a ranger. X was a SEAL. Great SEAL. I believe he was teammate. Um, so don't think that all SEALs are like this SEAL. I don't want to put SEALs in the category that he got because it's not the case either. X was a tremendous SEAL. He was one of my mentors. Lo- learned so much from him before he passed away. But again, it was being able to take a step back and be, okay, who are we? What's our job? Control the emotions. That's why we are supposed to be. At the top of the spears because we're able to handle our emotions and let's get the job done. Not let's torture a Taliban, a ISIS, or Taliban, or Al Qaeda, or or Fala Sahate or Ansar Sharia, or any any of that. Let's not torture. We're not going to torture them just because it makes us feel better because they killed our brothers. I get it, guys, but that's not us. That's not what we do on the field of battle. Yeah, we are rip the living shit out of them. We'll kill them when they're trying to kill us. That's that's what we do, but we have rules also with POWs and we need to follow those rules and those standards. And we have the values. I wrote about the army values in the Patriots creed. Every branch service has values of the simple They may not be named the same, but it's the same sort of thing, integrity, honor, duty, or duty, personal courage, which is part of moral courage, which is something that they didn't exemplify with the Taliban prisoner that we have to live by and we have to serve by. And if we're not able to do that, then Well, if you're not able to do that and you don't belong in the special operations community, but if we as a country aren't able to still hold ourselves to those standards, we need to fix it somehow. I don't have an answer how we can, but we definitely need to, because that's why we have the flag and the starter stripes and why we stand. And it's not just to remember those that passed away, it's to remember how great this country is and how we do hold ourselves to higher standards to respect others out there and respect even our own and even respect, have some respect towards our enemy. I respect I respect our enemy. They're some tough sons of bitches. They use everything for their disposal to, to win. And I know they treat our prisoners differently than how, well, you know, we like to think that, but obviously with Eddie Gallagher, it's not that way. But, um, I know they do horrendous acts to the, to their prisoners of war. And, and we've seen it on YouTube and stuff, but we don't do that. That's not what we do. We, we, we
0: And, um, You know, it doesn't excuse it, as I said earlier, but I do think, you know, it does factor in. I don't think this is uh, how Eddie Gallagher started. It's when you go on deployment after deployment after deployment after deployment, which he did. He's a guy who served, had a very long career. I know that it changes people.
1: Yeah, it does. does. And I can't use that as an excuse. I won't say that as an excuse either, because when that Kandahar incident happened, I'd been deploying for four years at that point. Yeah, dang near for, for five years, uh, close to five. So I did multiple deployments to Kabul coast. I mean, uh, Kabul, Herat, Baghdad, Mosul. I've been in Kurdistan several times, uh, Kirkuk. Um, I'd seen a lot at that point. And, uh, and again, that's that's still why we, if we're going to be that tip of the spear, we have to be able to handle those pressures, see those changes coming and still be able to adjust fire in ourselves. So we don't have those loose cannon moments, or we got to step away and take a break. And it's one or the other. And you say, well, Chris, you were a contractor. You can do that. He was in the military. He can't. Well, honestly, as in the military, I, I, I think it's a little bit easier because you have all those assets available to you as far as psyche valves, as far as counseling. You do demobes, demobilizations when you come back from a deployment and pre-mobilizations before you go out, which you're talking to a therapist or a psychologist or somebody, a counselor that's saying, yes, he's good to go or no, he's not. Whereas a contractor, and I've seen guys, that you can lie about it all day. I'm good to go. I'm going. No, you're not. Well, who's gonna I, bullshit? Who are you gonna sell? Who are you gonna ask it? and top to that I'm not good to go because we don't get that. You just get your orders. You get on a plane. You fly out. Yep. So, so yeah. bro, I, 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 I know there should be checks and balances, but there were already there. The checks and balances were were there. The, the, uh, the quality control, um, and it comes down also to, to yourself, man. And then your team has to say something, which I believe they did. Yeah, everyone
0: did. And then, you know, his wife basically, I mean, this is her words, her, his wife went on radio shows, you know, including people we know like Andrew Wilkow. And she said these seals were millennial cry babies and they didn't want to go on deployments. And they were just mad that he, he ran them too hard. And, I don't know, if, you know. I think it's kind of hard to believe that several guys come out just because they didn't like you and they're willing to ruin your life. Right. I, I don't think most it, people. I,
1: it's it's tough on that one too because there is a. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm on the other side too. There is a change in in the guys coming in. The the, the, the guys before me were tougher than I was. I and sure. it really is guys. Guys like I, Ron Mueller. We have- they, <laughs> no, that's it. <laughs> but but you, there's a saying in the military. It was always harder before. You know? Sure. It was always harder yesterday. Well, it, it, it really it is the guy the Korean Rangers. Holy shit, they're hell of a lot tougher than me. Those guys, uh, Battle of Bastogne, 101st Airborne, the Airborne, the Paratroopers. Fuck yeah, they're tougher. Not, the things they were able to handle. So, and I do believe because of politics and because of, uh, of of regulations, and and we have to up the numbers, so we have to lower the standards. You do get a physic, maybe not physically, but yeah, well, yeah, sometimes physically. But also a mentally weaker individual uh, that come in later. Now I know guys are going, "Oh fuck you, Tano, I'm still a bad." And you are, you're still badasses. But you see where I'm going with this? It does get every generation is a little bit weaker. We are not as strong as the greatest generation. The people that fought World War II, just mentally, physically, and emotionally, how strong they were. I I will say first and foremost, I am not as strong as those guys inside. Most those guys are were hard as nails, um, but. Uh, You know, with Eddie saying that and his wife saying that as a reason, too, it's, you know, I I can believe parts of it. But but after more stuff comes out. Yeah, there were multiple things that
0: didn't make it to trial. Yeah.
1: Then then I tend to say, well, uh, maybe so. But that still didn't lead lead them to come out because you're just admitted that you you just admitted that you tortured a terrorist, which
0: I. Yeah. We have to get to Ron. If I could put a little ending on this, at least for me. I would say this as even, I guess you can call me a member of the media. I mean, what we do is not mainstream media, but if you have something that you did that's even questionable, don't talk to media, you know, (laughs) not, not just him. I mean, there was also that guy, Matt Goldstein. He went on Fox news and he said he did something that was illegal. We talked. He could have gotten away with it, you know, and, and I'm not saying get away, you know, Talk To a therapist, talk to someone who'd help you. I don't go running to Fox News or no. don't even come on this podcast, don't yet, come on this right? show, yeah. <laughs> because yeah. actually, I'm one of the few people who say maybe we should edit that out because I don't want to see you in jail, <laughs> you know, if someone does admit something like that on the show. But most people will say we got an exclusive, oh, to running yeah, this we thing. gotta run that, so yeah. So, anyway, with that, we got to get to Ron Mueller. Uh, before we do, Fort Scott Munitions is a proud supporter of this show, we love what they do. If you are looking, for ammunition, for home defense, for hunting, for shooting at the range. This is the best stuff on the market. They're a manufacturer of multi-federal patented solid copper and brass. CNC fun ammunition. It's designed to tumble upon impact, which is their trademark. Tumbles upon impact in soft tissue, leaving devastating wound channels for faster bleed out and quicker incapacitation. This ammunition was originally developed to innovate and improve. ...on the standard of military-grade ammunition design, and it was found that not only did the TUI ammunition outperform competitors in the self-defense industry, but it quickly became apparent that it would be a top contender for hunters alike. With the ammunition being CNC-spun, the tolerances are some of the tightest on the market ensuring that you receive the same results with each pull of the trigger. And that's why so many guys in the contracting world, former operators use this stuff. So guys like Tonto, Fort Scott Munitions is available throughout privately owned businesses in every state. Go to the dealer locator on FortScottMunitions.com and you're going to find a dealer probably within just a few miles of you. If it's a little bit of a drive, take the drive. It's going to be worth it. And uh, if you're looking for merchandise from them, they do great shirts uh, and everything else. You can go to FortScottMunitions.com, use the promo code BattleLine, and you'll get 15% off. Once again, FortScottMunitions.com, F-O-R-T-S-C-O-T-T-M-U-N-I-T-I-O-N-S. Offer code BattleLine for 15% off. One word, Fort Scott Munitions is a proud supporter of Chris Ferranto, BattleLine Tactical, and the BattleLine Podcast. Joining us for the first time on BattleLine Podcast, Ron Mueller, CIA paramilitary operations officer from 2001 to 2012. And as I said during the intro, I mean, your resume is incredible. It's really too much to list. So I'll give you guys some of the highlights. Uh, United States Air Force Intel from 76 to 88, Army civilian case officer from 88 to 95, Defense Humant from 95 to 97, and then DIA, CIA, and OMA from 97 to 2001. Combat deployments to Afghanistan, Pakistan, Uzbekistan, Iraq, the Persian Gulf, the Balkans, and more. And uh, you have two sons who are a Navy corpsman and an Army paratrooper. And it's an absolute <laughs> honor to have you on. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Thanks, fellas. Actually, my my daughter's the corpsman, and and she's the oldest sibling. So, oh god, there's there's oh, going to be help yeah. right now. <laughs>
1: oh, man.
3: So, but that's always fun to watch the Army Navy rivalry going on in the house sometimes. So. Oh
1: yeah, during during well, who's did Army win this year? Is it Army up the last two years or did, I don't, did Navy? My, my-
3: my son's an E seven. He's a platoon sergeant for a scout platoon. Oh. He he basically says f officers, and he could care less. You know, he didn't care. Yeah, he really I, I care. I, so.
1: They, I, I stopped caring every time the army army got their asses kicked. So like, oh my goodness. I, so with people, at Navy, my Navy buddies hit me up. Like, guys, I don't care who's winning. Fine, it right. I, I, doesn't matter to me anymore. Uh, I, but I, it's I, it's good. Go ahead. Go, go ahead. No, go ahead, please. I'm sorry. No, I, 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 you know, with your career and I know we're going to get into it, but really I, I, I want all the, cause we get so many young listeners on this and, and people that want to go and serve and, and, you know, you're you're from the old, I, I'm not, this is, I'm much respect to you. You're from, you know, you're, you're, you're in the jawbreaker days. You're back, you know, back when case officers, in my opinion, were actually case officers that, you know, they, and they had to put their time in before they actually became case officers. They weren't case officers right out of college. Um, I right. want to hear your stories because I, I always was amazed because our, our, chiefs of bases were, were the old jawbreaker guys, and they had tremendous stories. And that's what I used to read when I was in high school to come up and, you know, and the Mujahideen wars and all that. I, I want to know more about you. And I know a lot of the listeners want to know those because those are tremendous stories and, and how you came up.
3: Well, i yeah, the, the, an easy thing right off the bat is when our class was, was 30 people and wow. after, after nine eleven the classes were 200. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's one, what is one of those soft truths? Uh, you can't mass produce soft. Well, you can't mass <laughs> produce case officers <laughs> either. Yeah. And, um, You know, we suffered from a lot of one tour officers who, um, then went out and and resigned from the agency, um, became contractors and making double, triple what they would have made and, or writing books and, you know, basically becoming the talking heads on pick your network. Uh, so it's, yeah, it's, it was hard. And, um. Yeah, I mean, the uh, the instructors we had were all, you know, from the uh, the, the old Southeast Asia days. And, wow. um, you know, I, 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 they were tremendous resources. And I still remember a, a couple of them. Uh, one of them, he, uh, he got up and says, I'm not going to tell you about my great successes. I'm going to tell you about my failures. And those were much more uh, from a teaching point of view, from a learning point of view, you know, Okay, these are the mistakes he made and, and you know these are and these are timeless mistakes I mean they they happen all the time, but he also told a few humorous antecedents about um, uh, he supposedly planted a beacon in a um, uh, a mule train—I uh, call it a mule train. I'm not sure okay. what the animal was of uh, carrying opium in Burma through, you know, to the to the various drug wow. lords. Yeah, except it just wasn't a beacon; it was actually an explosive. So, uh, <laughs> so they blew they blew up the uh, the opium train, uh, the animal train. Uh, so and that it was, was a
1: mis- that was a mistake or no, success. That
3: was the humorous thing. But he he talked about you know trade craft. You know lapses yeah. and and how how um, assets agents recruited assets or people that they were just merely um, still assessing um, would get arrested or injured sure. things like that and, and that got driven home to me when I was a um, when I was a, a young army case officer I was assigned to an army unit that was in support of U S Army Central Command and by extension Central Command um, and we we had uh, several Iranian assets. And, um, one of these Iranian assets, he was able to travel to the United States, um, to visit his daughter. So he had a legitimate reason to come to the United States. And that's where we were able to meet with him, debrief him, give him new taskings, give him some specific training for the taskings that we had provided him. Uh, This was mostly dealing with, um, weapons of mass destruction, um, we've always give the security brief before they go, you know, Hey, you're going to get stopped when you show up at Tehran Maribout airport, yada, yada. And I guess for whatever reason, he, um, he absolutely collapsed, <laughs> you know, when, you know the, the customs guy said, passport, please. And, and, and we also provided them with because he was traveling to Europe. But we when he got to Europe, we he was provided with what we called an insert visa. It's not a, a stamp visa in the passport, it was just a paper insert. Yeah. So it, it kind of it protected him. But anyways, he collapsed both him and his wife, who were the only family remaining in Iran, got thrown in jail. Um, and a, about a year or so later, we 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 found out through all sorts of other means that both of them had been killed, executed, oh. shot, um, or maybe hung. I can't recall. Um, so it was our very sad and awkward duty to go visit the daughter. Um, in the, you know and give her the the death benefit and try to explain without revealing too much I mean and she'd already known and she knew about her parents things so we um, oh god it was it was hard and you know, it, it okay. really drove home the, the human aspect of human intelligence there is a cost to be paid and it really drove home how to You know, we really need to be super professional and, and, you know, you kind of get that, you know, that spidey sense that sometimes, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe we shouldn't take this guy because he was a little nervous when we were doing some of the training. And even though it was what we thought fairly innocuous, he was so nervous and maybe we should have just stopped the training and sent him home. But we were under pressure from higher to get stuff done. So yeah, it, it sucked. It it was hard.
1: Is that something when, when, as you went on and said, you're learning from your failures that if somebody display distri- uh, displayed those sorts of traits, the nervousness, the ticks, the things that may give them away that you say, okay, we're not going to use it. We're going to, we're, we're against using, or at least making the recommendation to hire, whether they listen to you or not, that's another thing. <laughs> but, uh, but right. making the recommendation, Hey, this is, we're not going to use this guy. This is why. And, And, and we need to find somebody
3: else. Definitely. I, I, you know, that's where I, I think I, it wasn't, it wasn't just role playing anymore. It wasn't, you know, I'm the cool guy on the block, you know, look at me. I'm, I'm driving my fancy (laughs) sports car, you know, I'm pretending I'm, I'm all that in a bag of chips. I mean, this was, this was real life, real tragedy. And, and so when, you know, the boss who, you know, at least the army guys they had they had, had a lot of street experience and things like that so they they were more amenable but later on you would sometimes you would especially when it was defense human service which is a whole At the early days it was a total yep. cluster wow uh but anyway they, you know you would sit there and and you would i was pretty forceful you know you know, I, if I'd still been wearing a uniform, I'm sure I would have had an article 15 collection up and down. The, the, so. I mean, I wasn't insubordinate, or well, I yeah, maybe a little bit. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> you, you gotta be. Any, anybody that's got anything done has always had a little bit of insubordination in them or done something. I, I, I hey, I was insubordinate as hell. I hated leadership, I listened to them, but I would always question oh, yeah. everything. Uh, and that started in basic training, that started with me where they told us to do a drill and I like, oh, we're going to do an assault. Let's assault up the hill. And I'm like, wait a second, the bad guys are up the hill. Well, no, let's flank it. And me and my buddy flanked it, but the drill sergeants, they were smart. So they set up trip wire, So when we flanked him and I, but right. I remember a drill sergeant looking at us and goes going, you guys are the reason that we're successful is because you're thinking outside the box. Now go do a hundred fucking pushups and I'm going to run you and smoke your bags till you about die. But but it, it made me think that yeah you know what it's it, that's the kind of things that get, get get things done. When I became in charge, I, I want somebody to listen to me, but not but be a little bit insubordinate, do little things outside the box. So whenever they got in the shit, they knew how to think out of their way out of the situation. They weren't thinking, well, what did my leadership tell me here? Ah, oh, let's take about five minutes and think about this. Right? Because, yeah. okay, I need to think. I, off, I don't think
3: want robots. I want I want independent thinkers who who understand yeah. what their what their end goal is. What you know, and all I could use yeah. all the military terminology about yeah, you know, but you know, yeah, what what, but yeah, the, uh, but I need you to be thinking. I mean, I would encourage that with 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 the junior officers later on. But you know, you're talking about storming uphill. So um, <laughs> we're uh, my first tour in Afghanistan right after you know everything fell, and
0: yeah, I showed yeah,
3: yeah. up. I showed up early and. I mean, it was still relatively well. God, it was. I felt like I was like Kabul looked like Stalingrad. It was. <laughs> uh, it was pretty pretty bad. And uh, but so Anaconda was getting ready to kick off. Yeah. So yep. the uh, the chief of station, uh, you know, looked at me and said, "You know, you know, hey Ron, you you speak you speak Army." So uh, <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> well, and which which highlights. a a small thing about there's a lot of people in the agency outside the paramilitary realm that have zero military experience, have a lot of disdain for the U S (laughs) military. And Oh, I'm serious. And (laughs) yeah. And, and have no idea how to, how to communicate and, you know, different services use different language. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so he brought me along. So we go, uh, we fly up to Bagram and uh, we're in the, in the, the, talk, which is in an old Soviet hangar that they still sort of worked. Um, And, uh, oh, yeah, so we got to, so we're sitting there and he's, of course, sitting at the head table with, you know, Major General Hagenbach you know, division commander <laughs> and, 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 and some spring, but chief of staff Colonel, um, who, can I say that? I mean, is it okay? No, yeah. Oh yeah. I won't go NC 17. I'll just stay at the R level. <laughs> no, you're, good. Uh, you want, you're, fu-
1: you're fine. I, no, we, I, I, but, uh, you're, you're, you're spot on. No, you're spot on. I, I, so I, even, yeah, keep even, going. even
3: in the initial days of the war zone, um, they had PowerPoint God bless the U S military. And although it wasn't with the full color dynamics, it was pretty simple color PowerPoint.
1: You're so, you're watching PowerPoints in, in the damn Russian. I, I know where that, I know in, where in that the top,
3: is. Yeah. In the top Are
2: it, it you was, kidding it, me? it
3: was still, it, they, they set up the, the tent, the, the field top, yeah. Yeah. but of course now it's all built up inside, you know, with damn. all the fancy damn, plywood, yep, yep. And, you know, yep. thank you, yep. CBs um, <laughs> or red horse or somebody. Uh, the, um, so, anyway, so the first slide comes up. It's the it's the it's the decision brief for Exercise Anaconda, and you know, bad bad Ron. I I spring up from the peanut gallery and I say, what the, you know, <laughs> we are not at NTC. This is not a freaking <laughs> exercise. This is a real world operational mission, and the chief of staff just looks at me like I've just you know said. Hey, sir! You got a big dick grown out of your forehead. What? Well, well, you, well, you, well, you kind of did. I mean, you have to. Truth, well, the truth. You have and, to be honest with them. And, and Hagenbach just looked looked at me like, "Who the hell is this?" Because I'm a civilian. I'm, you know, yeah. I'm dressed. I'm dressed like a cool guy. You know. Hi, I'm the REI model this week. You know, <laughs> and uh, and and the chief of station turns around and goes, "Ron," inside voice. <laughs> and, and he turns around, he goes, proceed. And it, but it was, oh God, it was a cluster. I mean, and yeah. you know, yeah, I, I remember, yeah, I, I, you know, why are we landing downhill from the enemy? Why can't we land on top of them or above them? It, it was all sorts of things. It was, I, I
1: remember that, that uh, my, my, uh, my first, first sergeant and my first captain, uh, which were the C- command sergeant major, 10 Mountain at the time, Grippy. He was my first first sergeant, Frank, awesome first sergeant for Frank Grippy, and then uh which now is General Pete LeCamera, he was my CO at the time. They were the 10th Mountain unit that got the mortars, you know, really saved a complete decimation Hello? during Anaconda. Okay. And and um yeah, I and and I remember I just remember reading the and I always wondered that. I was like, why in the hell did they land at the worst place and put all their troops and just Lucky 10th Mountain had a tremendous mortar team that did a great job, at least from what oh. I remember and what I read, that their mortar team was just rock stars and were were taking fire and still be hit doing hits or it would have been a complete decimation.
3: Right. You know, you know, I so at the end of the brief, I'm asking some questions just because, you know, my uh, my children were we're not yet in the military, but you know, you, you look at all these young 18 year olds and you're going, Hey, these, these, these people have mothers and fathers and somebody needs to ask the hard questions because all the, all the fricking drones in their ACUs here are not going to ask these questions. And I said, so there's no field artillery. I mean, we don't even have, you know, you know, any, 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 you know, so we can do some, you know, decent barrage or indirect fire. Yeah. And no, General Franks has forbidden the deployment of field artillery to Afghanistan. What What was the reason? Tell me what was I, the reason. They never gave me a reason. They just said, you know, it because it was supposed to be, we, it was an out and back mission. We were going <laughs> to, you know, <clears throat> we, we've conquered Afghanistan or we've liberated or pick your yeah. appropriate phrase. And so, yeah, it was, uh, I mean, it was, it was hard, you know, and then, um, gosh, there's all sorts of little anecdotes about Anaconda um, the Apache pilots, uh, the Apache air crews, cause there's, there's two of them, um, brave mofos. I mean, these guys, I, I remember, uh, being on the flight lane Cause I also had a, um, a rotary asset that under the agency control that, oh, okay. you know, was, we'll get into that in a sec, but, um, these Apache guys would come in and here's this one Apache basically, uh, flying back to Bagram and he's, He's weeble wobbling all over the place because he's taken some serious battle damage. And wow. you know, thank god you know, thank thank you, the builders of the of the Apache yeah. for building a very survivable aircraft. Um he gets down and and um so you know it's, it's very informal debrief because we're on the old Soviet pierced steel planking ramp, you know, the, yeah. you know, the, I feel like I'm on China beach, you know, I'm looking for, <laughs> I'm looking around for Dana Delaney, like, Ooh, come on. <laughs> um, but, uh, the, uh, you know, he says, oh my God, you know, these guys are serious. So we were, we were, we were doing a gun run on, 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 on the whale Yep. and, and this guy stepped out of the, a cave. And he, he was, he was aiming an RPG at us. And, you know, I just stitched him, you know, up and down, left and right with the chain gun. He just stood there, absorbed the hits. And that's why my tail rotor is all messed up. I'm He says, these, these are some serious guys, which we were trying to tell the army guys, well, you course, know, yeah. but you're not fighting a bunch of, you know, all the yeah. derogatory terms. You mean these guys, these guys have been fighting, you know, for 20 plus years yeah. and, you know, and it's if it's not their fathers, it's it's the sons. I mean, these this is this is like tradition. I
1: mean, they been- Were you were you in were you in first with it, Ron? Were you in when when it was the Mujahideen wars? Were you in the Air Force at that time? I was. I was in the when all Air Force. that was going. On? Yeah. So, I mean, as somebody that should be listened to about how the move should is going to fight, it should have been you up there doing that PowerPoint presentation, saying, "Guys." No, this is what you're getting into, or or at least they should have briefed you, or or, or the the leadership should have well, said, hey,
3: they, there was no country awareness, the, uh, the very very little of that. Um, I mean, fast forward to 2012, 2013, my final tour there. We're flying in. We're you know I'm I'm now a senior advisor to the three star general. That's pretty cool. You know you, right. you you get a few props. You know I get, I get a coin or two, and <laughs> uh, the um, and we're flying into coast. And, you know, I've, I've been to coast dozens of times and I have a, a one-star general who's the J2 for the ISAF joint command there, uh, Paul Nakasoni, who's now the commander of, of NSA and, and cyber command and that sort of thing. Great guy. Wonderful. My wife loves him because he always smells so nice. He, whatever his aftershave <laughs> is, you know, <laughs> yeah, she, she embarrassed me one time at a change of command when she came up and gave him a hug said, Oh, you smell so nice. Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, he's he's looking, and, and the hills around coast. If you've never ever been there, and and uh, you know, I, I never want to really go back. Um, is that they're they're smooth as a baby's behind, with maybe an occasional tree growing up. And I I look at that, and I, I and and not good. Paul and his his staffers, his J two intel staffers are kind of looking. They're kind of doing the you know the the dog drool look you know, not, not Paul so much, but the staffers. And they're just kind of like, Oh gosh, (laughs) I says, I go, you know, a hundred, a hundred plus years ago when, when the British first, you know, did their first of three invasions of Afghanistan from, from British India, AKA now Pakistan part. um, These hills were severely wooded. In fact, if you look at some old um, woodcuts paintings of, british battles skirmishes during that war you'll see them advancing uphill with their lee enfields or whatever going through very severe what you know you know if we were in southeast asia we would call triple canopy jungle type thing with with scrub oak and tall trees and all sorts of natural obstacles and he goes oh i didn't know that i go wait wait, we've been here for 13 almost 13 years now and and we're still sending people out that have minimal area knowledge or background on on the on the conflict and yeah it, I mean, I I could go on and on about that. I mean, you know, the c Sticker guys, the the training guys.
0: Yeah. You know, every every wow. year,
3: a different a different army element would show up. I, I remember one year it was the Oregon National Guard, and um, okay. <laughs> with their fancy little patches and stuff <laughs> like that, and <laughs> and you know, and I literally heard the colonel say, "The last unit didn't train these guys right, so we're gonna we're gonna re- we're gonna start over again and train them again." And this and this went on, you know, throughout every deployment. I would hear similar things all the time, and and so now you, you start reading the newspaper. You know, gosh, we're we're withdrawing, and we're really worried. After twenty years, will the Afghan National Army be able to hold its own? I go. I don't think the Afghan National Army knows what what what's go, because they've been they've been the most overtrained or or undertrained or mistrained. You know, I mean the. I think – and what really drove it home for me was when um, one of the commanders of C-Sticka said, we're getting rid of all the AK-47s. We're going to issue M-Force. And I go, so you're going to issue them a more complicated rifle that requires more TLC to – a bunch of guys who have grown up around. I mean, they were weaned with AK 47s yeah. in the crib type of thing. And, <laughs> and you're going to take that all away from them and give them an unfamiliar weapon. And, Oh, and you're going to dress them up in, in, yeah. you know, you know, OCPs and, and Kevlar helmets. And, and they're all going to look like they're come right out of a Ranger Joe's catalog, but <laughs> you know, it's, you know, they still can't tie their boots. And yeah, I, it, it blows it, my mind. They just, they, 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 they don't learn
1: from the past, past and it's all out there. I remember before I went to Kabul, my first trip, I read the bear trap because I wanted to at least get some history. I wanted to know more, about I knew the moves I knew, but I'm still was a youngster and it, it gave me some insight of, of really what we were fighting over there and, and what, how the country is and coast. You're right. Coast is, I, you know, when I first heard that it was true, I was like, holy shit, no way. How did this thing? And now I have a question for you on that one, though. I never got an answer of was it the British or was it the Russians coming in and poisoning everything? And the Russians—that's what. That's what. They, and the, yeah. that's and that's what well, they it was, did. Everything. It's
3: also funny. My, I remember my, my, my very first day in Kabul. We're, we we land at Kabul Airport, and I I get off and I I grab my 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 ruck and my bag and and my weapon and you know I I look like you know like hey is this where the war is at. <laughs> and uh you know, and I hop into a a, a Toyota Tacoma, you know, a four-door yep, yep. and and uh we drive we're, we're driving the, the direct route from the airport to uh yep. to the where the station is and you know where that's at. So yep, yep, fact, yep, yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yep. Do yep. you got, is that
1: it do you got a Talibar shirt on? Is you that bet. a, a, is you that bet. a ta- I can't see it. No, like, they're rocking the Talibar shirt. I can't see oh, underneath I, it. Oh, oh
0: yeah, it's it's just a, like a Harley Davidson.
1: It's, if you've ever been at the, the hotel there. We, we call oh yeah, it, it, the guy. guy I, it, what did you? Okay, you were there way before I was. So did you tell me you named it?
3: Tell me you named, I the, didn't you named it. You name it. It was already named when I got there. And the and the plywood walls and and you know I you know the, hey my my signature's up there too. I uh, it's it, it's still got so I, full. They had to put plywood over the plywood. The plywood.
1: So. Yeah. yeah. I I I, uh, I last time I served there, I, I started going to Kandahar and then coast as well, and then Herat uh, in 07 and then I started going to Libya and Yemen, and but. All but uh, yeah, the t- that that Talib- <laughs> I've got my shirt too. It's boxed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've got it, and uh, now Talibar guys. That was a bar we had, of course. Taliban, Talibar, right? The,
3: the, well, the, uh, okay, keep on, keep yeah, so this it, is awesome. I mean, was, I, you know, since I live near Sturgis, I I wear this, and I I I you know, I'm 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 doing props, but I'm still like being a. a you know, like, hey wait, that's not really a harley shirt. That's so, not really a Harley <laughs>
1: shirt' because <laughs> no, I drive
3: I, I ride a victory, you know, but never mind. no, I don't <laughs> I, I don't ride a motorcycle at all but um but anyways, so we're driving in the Tacoma and we're going through the two traffic circles on our way to the to the hotel and uh, there's there's a a donkey or mule, not donkey donkey drawn cart. With some old weazen guy who's probably all of 36, but in Afghanistan, you can never really yeah. tell because yeah. they they age it at an exponential rate. Um, and uh, he's got this, the, the cart is just loaded with the gnarliest looking wood I've ever seen. You know, I mean, I've, you know, traveled on the Oregon coast and seen the myrtlewood trees and, you know, that are shaped by the ocean winds and breezes. And I go... I go, wow! And the guy driving, he had been there a, a little bit longer. He says, "Yeah, they're digging up the roots of the dead trees that, and that, and that's that's what that is because." And I go, "Oh, that makes sense because it would, you know, the way roots, you know, are big and then they taper off and they they don't follow any sort of direct path." And I go, "Wow!" And the donkey, but I still remember the donkey. The donkey's kind of doing that little head shake thing, going. Please just shoot me. Just shoot me. Put me <laughs> out of my misery. <laughs> <laughs> I, I
1: remember seeing that with the donkeys as well. I, and and uh, the trees, utilizing those trees when they would utilize them for scaffolding when they're building oh, so they're yeah. building, them, and it was just those, and I didn't know they were roots. That makes perfect sense. No, I I, I, I thought my, they were just well, where they those little small trees and they're yeah, my master right. had a, had a conniption fit. That's not a safe flashing. <laughs> That's not a sense. So, uh, you know, on I, I, with that, you know, being there in, in, in Afghanistan, the time you were and then to the time and my, what is your opinion? I, I mean, you're given it for the most, but going until you left in 2012, I, I mean, I, I I thought we were doing great things there for a while, and then then the I, I did I saw a change. I was with GRS at the time. I, right. was, in GB, I was so right. No, I, uh, I remember I, we. Yeah, we do. We do the. We you know I got to see the. And I remember when I first got there, we had the old and I, I and that's at a, an endearment term, a term of endearment. We had the old salty case officers that were ex army, ex air force, and then all of a sudden, like in 08, it just. They get younger and younger, no experience, or they're just out of college and they got to the farm and, you know, and God bless their enthusiasm. They were very enthusiastic, but it just seemed like we weren't really running assets anymore. It was, I don't know what they were doing. It it just turned it.
3: Yeah, no, it's, um, God, it's, yeah, it, yeah, it was, it was pretty bad. They, uh, they really, they, they didn't really have a, I mean, they, they, they had a lot of enthusiasm, but. They um they were they were sort of like a a rocket getting fired off with and the fins were sort of cattywampus and they were <laughs> all over the place and, and I know the the GRS guys you know bless you you know you guys you know, you know the patience of Job I mean to take these guys yeah, out and and to do stuff and and you go I, I remember one discussion up in the in the in the in the in the pit the pool up there yeah, in the, in yeah, the, yeah. and uh, and you know they're they're kind of doing the 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 pre the pre-movement brief and the 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 head of the of the of the movement team great guy um he always carried he was former marine always carried his his k-bar you know you know i'm going yeah jim (laughs) Bowie would be proud but uh he he said okay we're gonna take we're gonna take route smokestack and we're gonna do this and you remember smokestack yeah
1: yeah and
3: uh, yeah and we're gonna do this and no, I think we're going to do this. I'm going, dude. <laughs> let them let them take care of you. Just just worry about getting to the restaurant or wherever the meeting was. Wherever you, and, exactly? And, and you know, accomplish your thing, and then you know, let them safely return you back to here so you can you can you know pound away on the keyboard and, and type up your reports. But don't argue with these guys. Well, what I it never, was? I well, I, I I really want to go past Chicken Street because I want to buy some rugs. That's that. Forgot that's what we got so many times. I gotta get some rugs. Wait a second, there's a great. There's
1: a great <laughs> tea shop there. You buy some tea. or oh, they have the best croissant. I, right? Like, I, no, well, that's, you. That's, no. that's what We're, we always
3: laughed at the uh, at the end line in in the movie The Avengers when when Tony Stark says, "Hey, I passed <laughs> this place about shawarma. I don't know what it is, but sure. I want to try." <laughs> I just start laughing because. I mean, it's more Arabic than than Afghan, but it's still hilarious.
1: It, I my wife didn't get it when I saw that, and I laughed because that's what I thought too. was like shawarma. Have you ever tried shawarma? I, I could just hear one of the case <laughs> officers resonating in the back of my head. Hey, you know any good good shawarma, shawarma? Or good rugs? Rugs was the big. Oh yeah. One. Got to go get some rugs. We got to do a rug trip today. I'm like, are you shitting me? We're going to buy. That's what you need I'm me to drive. Endanger. Try to go get. Rugs.
3: Endanger all of our lives by going out there and and doing that. And then and the getting old-
1: rugs that we have to smuggle
3: that and they're not even getting them back legally
1: exactly did I say smuggle I'm sorry maybe we should cut that out <laughs> but but it it, 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 amaz- it amazes well, me is covered I did. I, with counterband <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about I of have course of what I yeah you know, it, it, it just because I, I as GRS, and I'll tell you from our standpoint we could see a difference from. The, the one guy, I remember one of the toughest, uh, toughest guys, if he's still working, I don't say his call sign, but case officer, former army guy. And I remember, and I, I, I feel bad for him. I, he had to, he had this shit so bad. He was had to, had the runs still went out, did his op. Of course I took the most bumpy road, um, to, throughout go, going out to the, uh, going out to, uh, we we're going out to actually NDS. So I'm taking the, the most bumpy, uh, and, and, um, but that kind of guy, and I remember looking at him because he's just when we got back, you know, after he about cussed me out because like, dude, you almost caused me to shit my pants three times. Like, man, I'm sorry. I, <laughs> there are no smooth roads in Kabul. I tried to find the smoothest road, but he was like, he's just. I, you could just tell it was his life from the day he got there two years earlier, and he kept coming back right. to then when he was his last trip. He was just it he just, he, he, the life had gone, the energy had gone. And he's like, I just I can't. And, and I, he was the last of the older case officer generations that I right. remember. And, and I don't know if he ever, I think he may have even retired. He, he was thinking about going to do another job. And you could see even our, our, our movements and our, our everything just kind of stopped uh, as far as getting good Intel or doing whatever we need to do. And so I, I just always wanted to get, cause I was thinking, well, maybe it's just me seeing it. Maybe I was just becoming a bigger asshole. So, I. No, but,
3: I but, but. You know the the thing was, you know, again in the early days, we we could take a lot of educated risks, yeah. And I, I remember a um, uh, the agency fixed wing aircraft flying in from Tashkent, and because of Air Force idiocy, they had to stay on the ground for two three hours before they yeah. could return to Tashkent. So I have all these people that it, this is kind of like the. Uh, the circuit rider around the the pickistan yeah. and yep and uh you know I knew the air crew guys and stuff like oh, yeah you know cuz I'm I'm an air branch dude so you know but there's a there's there's a couple people and and there was there was one lady who is is still working there and 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 she's like but she's bright I mean but her eyes are like wow I've only seen this from you know from space <laughs> type from pictures from space <laughs> and because uh, just outside our 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 crappy little ramp which you know obviously got really developed into you know O'Hare yep. terminal you know whatever yeah, it did. but you know there was this just pile for as far as you could see because it was piled so high of silver russian aircraft just you know <sighs> Yeah. Hall, you know, and, and yeah, we tried to find, you know, altimeters and stuff like that, but I really didn't want to get blown up. So, you know, whatever, but, but it was, so we, we, you know, me and my, my, my partner from, uh, from a, a an army special unit, you know, we, we hopped in our vehicle, you know, we said, Hey, this is what we're going to do. I mean, she had a, you know, a Kevlar vest on no weapon, but that's okay. Yeah. And we gave her a quick windshield, you know, 30, 45 minute windshield tour of Kabul. And and that's cool. That, now it, that was, that's it was really awesome. cool. It's awesome. And yeah. you know, it, it because I, my career and her and and her, and her career intersected several times, and and that she always remembered that, and that was you know it's sometimes it's not what you know but it's who you know it it who you it, know it's helpful yeah. and so we gave her a windshield tour and and, and uh, it was also educational for all of us too i mean we took her past the stock, the soccer stadium where the executions had happened yeah. we took her along the 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 roaring raging cobble river uh, i'm being sarcastic <laughs> was it was it <laughs> was there any water in it was it still just was there just sometimes, was, was some sometimes there's some there's a it was a trickle of open sewer and and there was <laughs> the the lady this this old you know crippled beggar lady in her burka so there and she was i go you know i need to recruit her as our as our as our as our spotter assessor for you know safety type of thing (laughs) because this was one of those grs routes too um we didn't stop anywhere for shopping for her or anything like we didn't you know we again educated risk but we did that came back and um she was really appreciative and stuff like that and she took off. And so I, also remember, um, you know, we were talking about new case officers and, and their enthusiasm stuff like that. And I mean, some were really good. I, I remember, um, Helga boss coming off the aircraft from Tashkent and, you know, so I gave them a little welcome brief cause, um, they're literally not going to go to the hotel. Yeah. They're going to get on a helicopter and, and, did him out or where they need to go. So I give, I give them all a quick thing. And, you know, the ones that need to go to the hotel, they, the transportation shows up and the, and yeah. the GRS guys take them and stuff like that. And, and Helga, you know, he's asking good questions. I didn't know anything about him. Um, and I go, yeah, you know, nice guy. You know, he's asking good questions. He, he's, he seems really bright. You know, his, he's observing his eyes are always moving. and stuff like that. So I'm going, this is a good guy was two, three weeks later, I had to go pick up his body. Ah, shit. I, you know, he was, he was yeah. killed in that training accident. Oh, and oh no shit. Uh, yeah. The, I, I remember that. I didn't, I did I don't, yeah. I didn't know him. I didn't know him. Yeah, no, I I, know. It, great guy. I mean, it, what it was, was the, uh, they had, uh, they were using, utilizing weapons. Um, in this case, it was hand grenades uh, from, from old Mujahideen Soviet caches that were here, there, oh, everywhere. God. And unfortunately a lot of these things were unstable. So, you know, mm. and, and, you know, it was, it was tragic and it was, yeah, it's, it's, you know, the, the military is real good at, you know, at, you know, casualties and, and, you know, taking them to Dover and stuff like that. The agency, not so well, it's, like, you know, it's like we're not equipped to do that. So, Again, I I yeah. speak army, I speak air force and we were able to to make it happen and get him back. I mean, we learned that lesson when uh I was still back at headquarters working in air branch and um the uh, air operations officer at Karshi Khanabad, the old K2, um yeah. Yeah. was was trying to figure out how to transport uh Mike Spann's body back. Oh, uh, and yeah. uh, you know, we you know, the doors we couldn't turn the the, the 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 you know container remains container you know it sure. was uh, you know I, I learned a whole lot of new swear words from people up and <laughs> down the food chain about that well can't you make this happen I says. You give me a C seventeen, I can make anything happen. Yeah, you know, it's like,
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: hey, hey,
3: Ron. This this makes me wonder. Wow. You know, and this goes
0: back to something that that Chris said. Um, that Chris asked, but I'd like to go a little bit more in depth with it. You know, just from my own civilian perspective, who tries to listen to you guys and learn from you. I mean, what really should have been done in Afghanistan? Because we're at a point right now. We're in the next few months. We're saying we're doing a complete pullout. You know, I'm I'm thirty four years old. I'm about to be thirty five the first election I ever voted in was 2004 and, you know, you had John Kerry saying we need to pull out now. And then 2008, it was, you know, Ron Paul saying we need to pull out now, you know, and, uh, 2012 that this was a, you know, and now we're in 2021. Should we have pulled out long ago? Did we accomplish the objective? Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, you know, did this just become a more, another mission about uh nation building more so than killing terrorists? Killing
1: terrorists.
3: Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, my wife <laughs> says when I get asked these questions, I, I tend to start stepping up on my podium and, and doing a master's level, you know, you know, class on this stuff. I mean, right, no, first off, I would turn the question back on you, Ian, and say, so what was our objective?
0: Please, please, yeah, that and that's the question. A lot of people don't know because I think the original objective was, was to, to kill the terrorists behind nine eleven, but we also found out. Bin Laden was stationed in Pakistan. Right. A lot of the people behind 9-11 were in Saudi Arabia who are considered our allies. You know, And it does make me wonder, why are we still there? Um, especially oh, because our tax dollars should be used, I think most people would agree, to, to fund our country as opposed to nation building in another country that has no impact on most of us. And we have plenty of issues over here.
1: Right. I remember pallets of money. Oh. That was one of our jobs. Pallets taking it to Amarulo over there.
3: Yep. He, uh, just how much, how ju- much does a million dollars weigh? Do you remember? I, I, I should know. That. I know how many pounds. I, I had to. Oh, hump, I had to wow. up seven million up. Oh, up, you, up the <laughs> to 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 engineer whatever his name was yeah. one time. You know because he was you know the 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 commander of the of the big ass militia. You know I he claimed yeah. he had five hundred fighters. I go. If if I see fifty, I'm 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 lucky, you know. I mean I mean that I, might be I, one
0: of the uh that might be one of the benefits of Bitcoin now. You can just wire them some bitcoin okay, how,
1: how much was it? Because I, I I could I was lucky. You see, my our job was and every once in a while we'd have to hump, but that was you guys. I gotta throw in the back of my car back of my Land Cruiser or, or truck. I didn't right. have to hump it anyway. Well I had how to, much I, it
3: away. £27, 27 pounds per million. You know, Got the it. shrink shrink wrap thing. And of course, you know, we we get back to <laughs> yep. uh to station. <clears throat> and uh the the um the uh chief of ops goes well did you do it And i go you bet chief all six million dollars and his eyes got big and i says well there was a handling fee i mean i had to pay the air crew i had to pay fuel you know ramp fees you know and there's my cut i mean i'm just trying to have fun and he's He's about to, you know, totally lose his shit on me.
1: They have no sense. Of, no cops ever had any sense, no, of, sense of humor that they're aware of. I ever. Dude, relax.
3: Yeah. It, it all got there. Here, here's the receipt, and you know. You know, I don't we didn't have GoPros, so it's not like I could document the transfer or anything like that. It's,
1: it's hilarious. It's like we're not the mafia We're not just if you either cut them or pay them, but keep the receipts.
2: That's what exactly. it always is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that,
3: that was that was hilarious. <laughs> well, just 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 make your mark. And then I'll say, yeah, this was so and so's. And yeah. I mean, you know, we, we laugh about that and we say it. But, but what it true. what it also tells us is <laughs> there's there's a huge trust factor that, you know, that. The people back at station or, or at base, you know, give their their the officers that go out and do that because there is some you know temptation to commit things and you know do do bad things with you know money and defraud well, there, the there's, U.S. Government. There's a, there, there's there is
1: little over oversight. You know, <laughs> the sh- shrink wrap the, the biggest uh, the biggest deterrent you had from taking money was just getting your. Leatherman out and cutting it, cutting this into the shrink wrap and taking a few. Oh yeah. And then uh, the amount of opium that was over there too. And I, I, I just, I can go on with some I I remember
3: we were flying over, over Helmand province in 2006. I was, I was the uh, base chief at Bagram. And uh, so I basically the, the agency conduit to 10th mountain division, a different commander and much better division at this time. Um, And this was, the Marines hadn't hadn't showed up yet. The Brits were still okay. doing RC South yep. or that part of RC South. Yep. And um, anyways, we're flying a, a, a CODEL, Congressional Delegation, yep. over. Yep. And we're flying over Poppy Field over Poppy Field. And they're all in bloom. And this yep. congresswoman who is no longer in Congress, thank you, um, <laughs> she goes – You can't you know, say she, who? No. She, uh, she, says, <laughs> she says on the headset – Wow, look at all the pretty flowers. And I go, you know, she thinks in they're like tulips like we're flying over Holland or something like I go, <laughs> I go, ma'am, uh, those are poppies. Well, poppies are nice. I go, no, they're the they're they're opium. That's opium. Oh my god! you got say you got to say her name. I swear. <laughs> <laughs> no, I won't. That's some you know, sort of a no, bitch I like, swear. But it was, you know, uh, it, you know, And but what was surprising that her staffers were like, "Huh," uh, it, it, They're they're about as bright. No, no, so I, I, my
1: opinion, you know, and I I don't. I cut into Ian's question. I'm sorry about that, Ron. No, well, no, sorry,
0: both but, of our, it was both of our question though, but, and you know, yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's, no, it's a big question because week after week what? we we get into this. I feel like because there are those people who say we need to have a presence there forever. And a lot of the guys who have been there do not feel that. I,
1: I I'm the same way. I just, Hey, we go over there. Somebody hurts us. We go over there. We kill them. We destroy them. We get out. Right. Let's, exactly. Let's, I mean, let's, we, let's go kick the shit out of them. And then let's get out of there. Like, like just the, say, Don't do it again.
3: Yeah. Like the, like the, the initial Ranger raid in in just outside of Kandahar there. I mean, At Kandahar, th- yeah. th- things like that. Um, <laughs> that but you know, there, you know, there, there are, there are various points in that 20 years, Ian, where, you know, that was a good point where, you know, okay, it's time to, you know, break contact and, and, and move offshore. Um, but for whatever reason, I, you know, God, uh, you know, the, the bright idea fairies in, in Washington, D.C., the, the policymakers who, you know, they have a, you know, I got the cool Columbia U or <laughs> Yale pedigree on my wall. And therefore, you know, I, I know all, um, you know, on the change of administrations, the, the change in, in the Pentagon hierarchy, uh, the change in, in state department, uh, it's, I mean, literally, I think we should have, you know, what we did initially, you know, we, we, you know, that was all good. I mean, I mean, this, the fall of Kabul in December of 2001 was, it hit a lot of people by surprise how quickly the Taliban collapsed. Yeah. I mean, the, 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 the manager of the hotel where we stayed, you know, there, he yep. said, yeah, it was really funny because in the morning I fed the Taliban breakfast, but in the evening I fed you guys dinner. So <laughs> he, he was, he, he was still there.
1: He's still, I, oh, yeah. just, and then I, the, 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 two, the coolest thing, in I tell you this, the it was a really, it was a real hotel where we, it was a pass. They, we kept the same staff there. So the old, two two old guys that were serving—they were my Momo and Coco. Mo- oh, yeah. They they adopted me as their uncle. One was, was <laughs> Momo means you, I'm on hes the uncle on my mother's side. Coco means he's the uncle on my dad's side. But uh, <laughs> they would still always come to work dressed in dressed in their vest, oh, yeah. dressed in a in a in a, in a uh, tuxedo without the tuxedo jackets. Right. Still, when we were there, we would come back dirty as shit, and we—they have it cleaned up. They were the nicest guys, and they would still serve us. In their tux uniforms. like they
3: were getting paid a healthy amount. Of course, they were Oh, happy. they
1: were doing – they were yeah. extremely – and they were happy that, that – uh, I love those. That, that's one of my fond memories from the hotel. There's those two guys, and they – I went to Kabul so many times that they finally just adopted me, and I started to learn Dari and Farsi so I could talk to – I know, crazy, dangerous.
3: Yeah, one but, more uh, trip, and you get citizenship. I know. <laughs> it's
1: like I need to go stand outside of that line to the Iranian embassy because – all the, all the Iranian embassy yeah, had there to get oh, my, yeah. get my, get my passport to go stamps. So I go to Iran, but no, I, I, no, I agree. But, it, but it, there was, there was it so was. many,
3: and maybe stay for a year Ian, uh, to, you know, to, to train up because there, there was always been some Afghan army in existence, whether it was under the old, you know, Afghan communist regime, you know, during the civil war, you know, splintered apart, but there was always that cadre of, uh, you know, Afghan at least officers uh, and just give them a quick training. I mean, we, we weren't, well, I I'd hoped we weren't going to change them into a Jeffersonian democracy or, or something like that. Um, but yeah, it, you know, there was, there were so many points in there where we, we could have, would have, should have just pulled pitch and, and, and gotten out of there and, and just monitored from afar, you know, God, I mean, you know, Holbrook, when he was the uh, the special representative for Afghan Pakistan, he would hold uh, these weekly shuras up at State Department. Okay. And when I was uh, the, uh, the 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 DCIA's uh, representative to the chairman's pac Afghan cell, a little fifty person cell, which was really very well conceived and 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 staffed by some real high speed low drag officers from across the joint spectrum most of whom had Afghan, ex- afghan or pakistan experience and from you know combat arms special operations sure. you know aviation that sort of thing logistics whatever a lot of those people are now in their respective services they have stars so for better or for worse but um we would go we would go to these shuras and we would sit there and and the um, the senior DOD guy, the deputy chief of this 50-man cell, was a, a Navy SEAL captain. And he would kind of give uh, this week in the war overview, very general, but always trying to be positive and upbeat and that sort of thing. And, um, and I still remember this one senior foreign officer lady, you know, who, whatever. And uh, she says, well, what are you guys doing about women's rights? That's not in our wheelhouse. That's not what we're about. You know, you know, you go get AID. Go get, you know, the the UN Amen. Women's you know voting initiative. I, whatever. But yeah. but we, hmm. we read about that now, Ian. That you know there. Oh yeah. God, if we when we leave, you know, women's rights are going to go away. Well, I'm sorry. You know, the Afghans have had 20 years to yeah get their shit together, and both militarily-wise, logistics-wise, government corruption-wise, political system-wise. And they just, no, nah, the Americans will take care of it. That's okay. You know, we're no big deal, especially the logistics and the corruption stuff. I mean, I compared and contrast Kabul in two, early 2002 when I first arrived to those early months of 2013 before I left I mean, it it was night and day difference. It was like I went from Stalingrad in 02 to the Vegas Strip in '13. <laughs> I mean, there was there was actually there was a the Army's version of GRS. Their their PSDs guys they had these Easy, different yeah. right. They had different route personal security detachments for all you you in, informed listeners out there. And uh, <laughs> so um, and we would go past what they called Vegas and. And it was, um, maybe a mile long, eh, maybe a kilometer long, but of, of garishly lit, I mean, ugliest purple lights, but I mean, (laughs) bright as crap, um, wedding chapels. I mean, you, I thought it's casinos, but no, they're wedding chapels. And, and we called that route Vegas and it was hilarious. And the other thing I noticed was that, um, during daytime travel through Kabul, going to the embassy or to ISAF headquarters or wherever we needed to go. Um, The, you know, the amount of vehicles. um, And if you're going to steal a car in Europe, at least have the decency to take off the, 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 the EU plate from wherever (laughs) I never saw so many Porsches and Mercedes. And of course, none of them had Afghan plates. Like there was any Afghan DMV out there anyways. (laughs) And, (laughs) Oh my, I remember one time we were in a, you know, we're driving our little convoy and, and, uh, this Porsche Panamera driven by some Westernized Afghan lady. I mean, you thought we were in the Le Mans destruction derby. She's zipping in and out of our formation (laughs) and, um, and we're, and, and the driver and the, you know, the, and the, and the, and the TC are trying to tighten up the thing, but we're having to weave through traffic and it's, you know, and, you know, I'm not watching the drive. I'm, I'm, I'm watching my sector here. And, you know, I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm, you know I really, you know, I promised mom every, every time I, you know, my, my wife, every time I left, I'm, I'm coming back walking off the airplane. You know, I'm not, yeah. I'm, I'm not going to do anything stupid. Sh- we won't tell. Yeah. We, I mean, yeah, yeah. it's
1: a part of it, but it, <clears throat> I mean, really for all the listeners out there and all the, the women's right. Hey, that should be uh, right there. A, 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 I would say barometer, a, a measurement of women's rights where you just say there's a woman driving in Kabul from when we first got there to after. Yes, right. it hasn't When we leave, will we'll well, yeah, probably will. Probably. That's the Taliban.
3: Uh, you know, in, in, uh, in 1213, when I was, you know, um, working for ISAF as a senior advisor, the ISAF Joint Command, I got to go meet a lot of Afghans and, and expats and, and other sorts of people and a lot of media types. But it was interesting meeting a lot of the, the young Afghan generation that had come of age after after 2001. So they had lived, for the most part, considering the history pri- yeah. prior to that, in relative peace and security. Yeah. I mean a lot of people will disagree but I'm going well you know I can go to the south side of chicago and I can I can I can beg to differ with you type of thing yeah. but yeah. the uh <clears throat> but I w- I would ask them I w- I said why aren't you guys being more politically active more forceful in I mean, you know what the problems are, you, you know, I mean, you guys are carrying around at least two cell phones. I mean, you guys are like way wired and connected. You, I mean, why aren't you sitting there holding Karzai or Guyani or, or whomever accountable and, and getting involved in, in, you know, making the change from within and whatever other platitude I could come up with. But, you know, well, you don't understand Afghan culture. You know, we, we have to wait our turn. I go, you guys are going to, you're going to lose your country if you don't you know, yeah. get off the stick. And then the other thing, Ian was always funny. I remember going to a meeting with the, uh, the senior military leadership of the, uh, of the Afghan national army ministry of defense. And, um, uh, was it General Wardak? I can't remember. Anyways, he um yeah. he always liked to wear his Ranger tab and his American jump wings and everything like that. That,
1: I that go, was Wardack. Yeah, I'm pretty
3: sure that was Wardack. Yeah. yeah, and he uh, he you know and we were talking about future training you know and what and things like that and he was like oh my god you know you know shoot me now because this was boring as crap because didn't we just do this six months ago? But um <laughs> he he says he says generals I. We have a list of material we need, and he goes, "Well, what do you need? More rifles? More this? More that?" He says, "No, we want we want a wing of F sixteen fighters, and we want we want you know, you know, you know your surplus M sixty tanks, or if you can, we'll we'll take the M ones." And yes. you know, oh my god, you know, and I'm like, oh, and everybody's like, well, you know, we'll we'll <clears throat> we'll take that under study and advice, yeah. but, but, but. and you know, the general leans back. and go, you know what they want to do. He says, what? I says, they they want to go eliminate the threat across the border. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they, because they're tired of putzing around. They're tired of, of playing defense yeah. with one arm tied behind them because of the sanctuaries in Pakistan, the, the Taliban or the Haqqani or, or pick your poison could come across at a time and place of their choosing, do what they wanted to do and then either fade into the, into the countryside or, or, or retreat to rearm, retrain, recruit yeah, more recruit. people and uh, things like that. And you know, God, we couldn't even exchange artillery fire across. Although yeah, the, yeah. although the, although the KPF did did have lots of 120 millimeter mortar duels with the Haqqanis. Yes. But, but you're, you're
1: right. We, we couldn't do shit to Pakistan as soon as they crossed there. And, and that's all they yeah. had to do to get there. Well, I mean, that's how, that's how bin Laden, escaped, even though we should have used Ranger Battalion to block the way instead of letting the ANA at that time oh. block block that. That's a whole not- – I mean, I, yeah, I, mean- I, I wanted to ask you on that because I know you were there and I I, I was – I remember now I was with – I was a contractor time. I wasn't with a regiment at that time. But I remember that my other buddies that were still with the t- regiment that, yeah, they were the initial team that was supposed to block all those routes out. And for some reason – whether it was the COS or whether it was put the Pentagon or somebody said no, no, we'll, we'll let the ANA oh. handle it, even though we didn't really have a rapport with the ANA yet, if we're even, or if we even want to call it the ANA.
3: Well, we're talking or, Tora Bora, or, no. or we're talking Anaconda. It was it was
1: Tora Bora. Tora
3: okay, Bora. Well, Tora Bora. Bernstein. I mean, you read his book. Uh, he he wanted the Ranger Regiment or yeah, yeah, sort yeah, of yeah. light infantry, you know, although my son in the 82nd would, would laugh at his description of light infantry. Hey dad, my ruck only weighed 125 today. <laughs> 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 and I yeah. didn't have to carry extra batteries. Um, the, uh, <laughs> Poor kid's going to be in the VA forever now. He's like, you know, with back problems. Um, and we all, you know, we all shrink a couple inches and we get, that's just it's part of the game. Ha- he actually has. I, I, I was, I joke with him now. I says, hey, you, you look like you did in grade school with your, your pant legs rolled up type. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Then I, then I, then I get the crap beat out of me. Um, but, uh. <laughs> But yeah, Bernstein wanted the Ranger Regiment, and you know, to to do be the blocking yeah. force. But you know, Franks and Rumsfeld, you know, no, 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 small footprint. We're gonna, we're gonna, God. you know, we're gonna, we're okay. gonna, you know, and you know, the Afghans were they were cutting deals and like, hey, you know, yeah. oh look, Elvis, and they would <laughs> scurry that away, and, and 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 sort of the same thing happened during Anaconda because we'd identified, okay, here's here's the whale, the Shy Cot, and yeah, yeah. and. Um, you know, their little bastion fortress that they had, the Muj had built way back when and things like that. And, but we'd identified all the rat lines or smugglers routes or, or whatever you want to call them um, out, you know, to Pakistan yeah. or, and out of that yeah. area. Yeah. And well, the idea was we're going to, we're going to place um, soft teams up there, you know, little SR, strategic reconnaissance yeah. teams, sniper teams, that sort of thing. And of course we had, we hadn't, british soft we had norwegian soft we had mm-hmm. yeah. the um the one i remember the most is the danish soft i mean these guys were you know yeah, you know, they were running and trying to get you know altitude acclimation because you know you know the mean altitude of denmark is like negative four i mean it's it's like <laughs> i mean it's it's a pretty low level country yeah, and yeah. Uh, so um they um, they get infilled up there by um, by forty sevens, and um, and two days later we get this emergency evac call, and the forty sevens are all like, well, you know, we've got our schedule, you know, and, and they haven't filled out the proper air request movement order. Now, th- this was
1: this wasn't task force. This was a brown. These are are these just normal normal these are, army? Are they belong to 10th Mountain I, or I th- what?
3: I, th- I think that I think some of them were task force guys, but okay. um, but. Uh, yeah, they were task force guys, but they were, they were, you know, a very high demand, low, low density type of uh, product, but you know, neither, neither them or neither the MH 47s or the CH 47s had the, had the, the, the oomph or, and they were, they were being controlled. Like we were still in some sort of peacetime evolution, you know? And so, you know, the, the soft guys and the way the talk was task organized was a a total, I mean, it's, I could write a master's degree paper on organizational, you know, arrangement. Oh my God, stupid you know, whatever. Um, and they come run around. I go, Hey guys, what do you need? I got a helicopter with high altitude engines that can carry X number of pounds, weight, your European kilos, whatever it was. And, sure. and, uh, what do you need? We need this. I says, all right, let me go. Let, let me get my chief pilot in here. We'll, and Chihad goes, yeah you know, tell your guys we'll be there this time. and here's here's you know, here's the the you know type thing, you know, give us whatever you can about the LZ, the HLZ landing spot, whatever. and and we got those guys down. And yeah. um, the next day I'm sitting there in the you know trying to you know juggle juggle lots of balls and plates and keep the army from being stupid. And um, Air Force General Trabone. I remember this okay. because he had the most perfect hair. Oh my <laughs> God. It was so perfect. And his, his, his air force fatigue uniform was so immaculate. You know, he he'd gone to the Bagram dry cleaners. I don't know. I'm joking, but he comes up to me and says, he says, are you, are you the agency air officer? I says, yeah, I am. I knew who he was, but I'm not going to like jump on yeah, yeah. and go to the position yeah, of attention yeah. or even parade rest. Yeah. I'm just like sitting there going like, yeah, you know, dude, what, yeah, you know, yeah. what what do you want? What do you want? Man? What what can, what can I do you for, you know, if if my, if I miss my spit cup and get it on your boots, oops. You know, <laughs> you know, just call it a combat loss. <laughs> but uh he says he says, "Yeah, you you guys need to stop interfering with military movements." Exactly. Exactly, Chris. And I'm going, I go, what? He says, you know, we have a process and a procedure on how we, you know, how we do things. I said, if you're talking about last night's emergency, you know, movement, you know, yeah. of, of that team, you know, yeah. And you got a problem with it? You know, my chief of station told me, you know, you've got carte blanche within the left or right limits of legality and ethicals and, you know, common sense uh, to, support, to support the military effort. On Anaconda, go, okay, boss. I, that's pretty good guidance. I can do that, you know. And I, and I basically told people because I would have other other people come up, you know, other soft teams come up because they were trying to hopscotch yeah. on the on the rat lines as they started. Hey, we're not in the right spot. We need to move to this one because we've seen indications of you know the ants are scurrying that away, and you know they would go. You know, they'd be sitting there going, "God, you know, we got to fill out all these forms, and you know, got to put in a request, and it's got to be adjudicated, and and you know, discussed, and yeah. you know, the AT the air tasking order got it." I says, so, so, "What do you need, guys? Here's here's my <laughs> chief pilot. Let's sit down. Let's let's you know, pull out some piece of paper. Give me up. give me. I'll do a quick map. You know, yeah, okay, great. You know, how how many guys? Well, okay, we might need to do two lifts, or or you know, what I mean. And they're like, that's it. I go." Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is war. I'm trying to do the right thing. I mean, what's you I mean, hey, if you don't want us to do it, that's great. Yeah, yeah. I mean,
0: right. hey, I know. Uh, I know Chris has to get going, and we could. We definitely have to do a part two at some point. And I feel like I've been saying that just about every I, interview. I, I, want, I
1: did it because I remember how busy you guys were by the time that started to roll. Air branch, you guys were were running to death. Literally, you guys. need I was so busy. But that was that's that's the initiative. That's what wins wars. That's what thinking outside the box, not politics before your guys bureaucratic bullshit. Because by that time, you've lost the initiative, or whoever you're going after has already left. It's like watching a fish swim. And we're just going to make a whole bunch of fucking noise back here for about an hour until they swim away. And they're like, okay, now we've got our fishing pole. Let's go and throw the line in and see if we can catch it. So now I, I, yeah, we do need to get into that more because well, I, yeah, well, I I did that. Yep.
0: Yeah. We, we definitely will. Um, I, the last thing and I'm probably stealing Chris's thunder here on no, the last no, no. one, but um, you know, we, we always do like to incorporate the elements of, you know, faith and inspiration in this show. And for you, I mean, you're a guy who has had, yeah. a crazy amount of combat deployments who has been in the military since the mid seventies up until relatively recently. I'm sure there's been a combat deployment where faith or some type of, uh, positivity had to get you through it. Do you have any stories like that before we wrap things up?
1: Maybe were something where you thought you weren't going to come home and it doesn't have to be a, a firefight. A lot of people think that's all the time you, where well, you think, man, I'm not going to make it through it.
3: Well, yeah. I mean, gosh, um, gee, um, never been asked that question before. I mean, I, uh, you know, there's a, there's a couple that stand out. Um, uh, the January, uh, 07, early January 07, um, into the Gall mountain outposts up in the, up, up there. Yeah. Um, I mean, <laughs> it was my first real firefight type of thing. Instead of being from up above and observing, you know, the thing, like, you know, mortars, my mortar exchange from the distance, at, at yeah. altitude is, is really pretty. It's like fireworks on the ground, but sorry, <laughs> but probably not so nice there. But, uh, but, you know, I remember landing when we, the Blackhawk landed in the gall. we were doing battlefield circulation and things like okay. that. And that, the landing of the, of the, of the Blackhawk was the signal for the enemy to initiate the attack on the corn gall. And um, I mean, all of a sudden it's just like, Wow. wow and uh, i'm pushing people off the bird you know and i'm not i'm not an infantry guy i'm not a ranger i'm not a seal i'm not some whoya pj or anything like that but you know i i think i think common sense instinct and and listening to Guys like you, Chris, you know, just sitting around the the Taliban or, or or wherever, just, you know, I pick up a lot of, you know, like, hey, that's a good tip. I'm going to keep that in mind just, <laughs> just in case. And I'm pushing people because everybody else is just sort of sitting there frozen. You got to move. I said, you I'm got like, to move. I, can, out. I can already feel the pilot. He's like pulling up power and thing. I go, I go yeah, no, because that's the, that's the most vulnerable point, vulnerable yeah. time of a helicopter yeah. is that, you know, he's trying to crab into altitude and, and things like that. And you can hear the rounds impacting in the tail boom and, and wow. wherever. So it, um, yeah, it was, you know, it was like, and, you know, after Everything we 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 finally got back late that day back to Bagram after many, you know, uh, false starts. Um, sure. I'm sitting there thinking to myself because I have to write a report to the chief of station and say, hey, do, 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 do. you know, this is what <laughs> I did and you know, yes, I'm back and you know, thank you for letting me do this and oh by the way, I'm I, the army's awarding me a, a medal and and uh, you know, I'm, I'm getting a combat action badge which. Hey, I mean, I know no for, for an infantry guy, yeah. Uh, That's awesome. Yeah, it's it's uh, that certificate right there.
1: Yeah, <laughs> so, you know, I, really, I, I,
3: I, the orders and everything, it's legit. It's not just a bunch of guys. Hey, hey. I mean, Chris Haas, the commander of um, – third group he he said you know if, if we could authorize it we'd give you a cib and that's what i was going to say it may not be a cib but that's okay it, i, I, was I mean i'm a civilian i, I
1: didn't expect anything <laughs> that, it was a, i, it was that, a, it was I a, didn't know that that's but that's still tremendous give that, that is
3: and yet yeah, no you did you did awesome that's but to answer that's your shit. question Ian. with all that preamble is you know i'm sitting there going yeah you know, i'm like 40 mid-40s i'm going this this shit's really a young man's game and and oh God, you know, I'm like, I'm, I'm thanking myself that I, I didn't like lose my shit. Like I didn't pee in myself and I didn't, you know, because, you know, you, you always wonder how you're going to react in that sort of a situation. And, and I, I thanked God that I, sure. I'd listened to people like, like Chris and, and his, and, uh, and other veterans like that, that had a lot more experience in this stuff. And, and, um, when they, when they would tell you, you could see sometimes that, that, thousand meter stare in their eyes because they're remembering remembering yeah. remembering and and some of those membranes weren't that good i mean i had similar things in other aspects but you know just those those combat tidbits so i felt like you know the big the big platoon sergeant was looking out for me type of thing and and i, I did awesome. the right thing so yeah
1: uh, no, you did. I mean, For guys, current uh, the Coringo Valley. For anyone who don't know, that's that's Restrepo. That's Restrepo, uh, Restrepo. I can't always say it, uh, Restrepo. 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 That's yeah. That's it. So if you guys want to know what 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 uh, Ron went through, you know, read the, read books on the Coringo Valley or watch Restrepo. A, it's yeah. It there's was a new book out. There's
3: a new book out on the whole Gall and the whole that whole area called the hardest place by uh, okay. Wesley Morgan and um, give him a little plug. Cause I, I get interviewed in the book too, but it, it's basically a microcosm of our whole Afghan conflict in just that one place. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's opening. Oh, we
1: definitely need to get you around too. Cause yeah. I also wanted to talk to you about the and how that fuck up, how we lost, how, how, how we let that happen. When honestly we could have the Afghan war, if we would have just gave what protected him a little bit better, he could have ended it for us. But yep. I, that well, I, I I I'll save that save that for the next yeah. one.
0: no, we will. It's it's been an absolute honor having you on, sir, and and, and just the fact that uh, for the audience, Ron contacted me very early when we started the show and said, "Hey, I'd love to come on." And I was really hoping Ron didn't think it was blowing him off. Ron was on my <laughs> wow. list. If we have to awesome. get this guy on, and I'm glad you know it, it's 82 episodes in, so it's a little late, but I'm glad that we finally did it.
3: That's why um, I gave James Powell a hard time for getting ahead of me again. <laughs> he's well, he's a <laughs> Personal
0: friend of mine. He's he's a great guy, and she I is. always feel f- funny calling him that name because, as we know, it's not his real name. But um, yeah. anyway, you guys could follow. I think that the really the only way to follow you is at OGA Ron under at OGA underscore Ron on Twitter. I mean, you don't have a book out, you don't That's
3: it, right? I I keep dabbling at trying to write a book, but it um yeah I I, I like oh ooh, butterfly. So it's. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a little so yeah hard. I, you you could follow ron Mueller on twitter once
0: again so it's at oga underscore ron this has been a tremendous episode yeah, awesome. we will definitely do a part two i feel Thanks, like sir. i'm saying it with a lot of guys recently but we we've had a lot of great people on so um the last thing i'll say we have our, our mugs available which uh tonto has been using our Battleline podcast oh, yeah. mugs yeah. the link is in the description um still sure it's available <laughs> at tonto-apparel.myshopify.com they came out great. So uh, if you're a new listener, subscribe. Follow us on all social media, at Battleline Podcast on Instagram, at Battleline Pod on Twitter and everywhere else. And uh, support our great sponsors because that's who keeps us doing what we do. And an absolute honor having you on. And yeah, thank Ron. You for all Thanks, these years sir. of what you've done for this country. Yeah, brother. My,
3: my privilege. My pleasure. Thanks, guys.
1: You're a rock star, man. You, you're awesome. You, 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 I'm,
3: you, I'm just a humble guy who, who did a I'm, job.
1: You did. You did a good job. I, I mean, and that's it within the circles. So, anyway, I mean, I appreciate it. Now, yeah, I can't wait to get you back on and ask you some more of that because I, I there's stories <laughs> like, damn it, if this could have been over,
3: just if we would have, what the <laughs> fuck went wrong? How, I, ben, what would you. we have named Masood? Exactly. Ago? I mean, oh my god. Exactly. You know? You're right.
1: You're right. <laughs> All right, brother. I got. I got to run, guys.
2: That's all for this episode of the Battleline Podcast. But we'll be back on Monday with more American straight talk. Until then, be sure to follow us on Instagram at Battleline Podcast and on Twitter at Battleline Pod. To sign up for future Battleline tactical courses, go to www.christantoperanto.net. Believe in yourself, face all challenges head on, and as always, never quit.